0: What do I define about blowing up? You know what I'm saying? Like feeling better, living better, better location.
1: What he failed to tell you was, when you're on my time, I can reclaim it. I he left that out, so I'm reclaiming my time. Please. Are you Who are you rooting for tonight? I'm rooting for um everybody black. Betting on black tonight. I'm sorry for the realness.
0: Hey everyone, it's Whitney from WhitneyDenielle.com and and NetworkAndSpill.com. And I'm excited about this episode as I am all of my episodes, not gonna lie. But this episode's gonna be really fun and really interesting for a lot of you tuning in from wherever you are in the world because this guest has, I feel like, a vault of information. This is part of the spill segment, so this is tracking, right? The spill segment, you all know I bring on guests who are experts in different fields. We get into topics, we get down and dirty into the weeds of what they do and just their background. So this guest, I actually have not met in person yet, but they are based in Houston, Texas. I actually met them through the Black Speakers Network, which, you know, I featured, if you don't know, you'll have to scroll up in the episodes because I had the creator of the Black Speakers Network, Mr. Brian J. Olds, he was on the show earlier this year and I met this guest through that network, right? So continuing on with this theme of mental health and and making sure our minds are right and we're connected to our why and all of these things, I've brought on Mrs. Catherine B. Barner. Okay, she is a grief and trauma expert. She's an author, she's a speaker, she has a group called the Sister Speak Up Society, which super interesting. If you have your phone out, I want you to take out your phone, go to Instagram just real quick, and and check out her link in bio. She's got a ton of resources. Um, her IG handle is at Mrs. That's M R S Cat K A T speaks. S P E A K S. It's always a test. If I can, if I can spell or not reading people's IG handles, but that's her IG. So connect with her on Instagram. If you're really fancy, you can connect with her on LinkedIn, where I think she spends a little bit more time, but the resources that she has, the information that she has, the tools that she has are going to be paramount for all of us. So go check her out on Instagram. So one thing I learned just real quick about Catherine here is she's in the motorcycles. Hello, I'm a motorcycles. She's into horses. Hello, also into motorcycles and jet skis, which I'm not there just yet, but I am here for all of the things and all the things water related, unless like we're on the water. I like to be in the water, if that makes sense. So we're going to get into all of this. We're going to talk to Miss Catherine all the way from Houston. So
1: excited. Miss Catherine, thank you for joining us today. How are you? Well, hello, Whitney. I am wonderful. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. This is going to be fun.
0: It is. It is. I'm great. I'm excited about this because, you know, I, I want to make this conversation around, you know, grief and trauma and, and really leadership and entrepreneurship make sense to the majority of folks who tap in. And the majority of folks I think are listening are people who are in business. They're in business in some way, shape or form. Either they work a corporate gig, they have their own business, et cetera. And a lot of us have dealt with grief. A lot of us have dealt with trauma. So tell us a little bit about your background and, and why you do what you do.
1: Yeah, it's, um, I always say, you know, that our, our passion comes from those things that we, we live through. And so for me, uh, I've worked in mental health for over 25 years, and it's really interesting. I got started, I graduated, and, you know, you want to change the world. Uh, but my mom said, get a job. I don't care where it is, just get a job. <laughs> so I ended up, you know, many years ago in community mental health and uh, did all of that. But it took some time to really figure out where my, where my lane was and where my true passion Passion within that field was. And so the grief side of the house for me really came about, honestly, probably about 10 years ago, right about 10, 11 years ago, after my mother passed away. Obviously, I had done lots of grief work with individuals and couples and all sorts of, of folks, but it hit me differently when my mother passed away. And I did not know how I was going to move myself through the rest of my life without my mother uh, we were extremely close she was my best friend she was I used I always say she was my everything and so what I came to out of that was if I knew as much as I knew about grief and mental health and healing and all of the tools and techniques that I had and that I had given people through the years if I knew all of that, but I was still struggling as much as I was to move through my own grief, I started thinking, what in the world is everybody else doing? Everybody who doesn't have the knowledge that I have. And so that's really when I started focusing much more in the grief lane of things and really started working with people and helping them to understand grief so that they could move through it. Um, And we can talk a little bit more about that and why there's such a struggle, I think, with grief, because people just don't understand it in in the way that it hits you. Um, So that's the grief side of the house. As far as the trauma, same deal, uh, life experiences, went through a childhood sexual abuse when I was 14, lived through that, all of the unfortunate things that, that fall out from that. And so I just have a deep, deep passion for working with uh, adult survivors of childhood sexual abuse because- it is so rampant, unfortunately. And what we know is that, particularly when we're talking about African-American women, that a large portion of them uh, have not ever sought out treatment. And so I have have seen in my office through the years, the impact of that and what that looks like, not only for that individual, but for their families and for their career and for their children. So that is where all of this grief and trauma work comes from for me. I absolutely love it. I always say it is difficult work, but it is a necessary work. Uh, and I, I absolutely love it. And it is truly my passion and, and what I believe God has called me to do.
0: Yeah. And, and I'm glad. Right. I'm really, really glad. And, and I think someone's like, Wait, you said this was going to be a fun conversation. How is <laughs> grief and trauma fun? But, you know, you just said you were excited about it and it's your passion. So clearly, and my thing is too, when you're going through something and you're really struggling and you're trying to get from, you know, this one point to being with your, you know, feeling like you're above water, feeling like your head is above water, that mm-hmm. in and of itself, that journey and that like emergence, that literal emergence of feeling like you're drowning, feeling like you're just overwhelmed and, and everything is out of your control to being able to lift your head above the water, right? Even if you're not necessarily out of the water per se, your, your head is above it and you can actually breathe and, and see exactly. and focus like that, I think is a really amazing thing to be able to do. And when you're going through it it sometimes feels like there is no light at the end of that tunnel right and so i think this is a great conversation to have especially after mental health awareness month because the journey of like literally emerging into that a little bit more healed version of yourself a little bit more right. together version you know what i mean like that is amazing
1: yeah, and and that's the thing. And you know, you're right. I'm sure, you know, as I was talking, I agree with you folks are probably like, what are we doing? with this was supposed to be fun. But to your point, when when we can look back over whatever those situations have been, whether it's grief, whether it's trauma, and you're right, find a way to to get first of all, get your head above water, but then figure out how to get your body out of the water and learn then to walk on the water, to make to move forward to wherever your next place is going to be, be that in career as entrepreneurs, be that the next hurdle that you need to cross. Because what we have to understand is that as long as those things that we have gone through in our past, when those things are unresolved, that colors the way we move through life. It colors the way we interact with our clients, with our family, with our friends, as we're trying to build businesses and and make a difference in the world. And so being able to as you said, lift your head out of the water and then come up out of the water is, is what gives us what we need to do the work then that we've each been called to do, whatever that may be and whatever field that happens to be in. So you're right. It, it is really exciting for me. Again, it, it's hard work. But it's so necessary because all of us need to to clear out that clutter, uh, whatever it may be from our past, so that we can move forward healed uh, and whole and being able to see clearly what is really in front of us to make the impact that we want on the world.
0: Exactly. And, you know, I was watching the season finale of Pose the other day and and the, which I know I'm super late, the show has been over for a while, <laughs> but I'm watching the final episode and and they basically, you know, the the girls were saying we're in such a, they were basically saying we're in such a good place now and we've been through mm. so much. And and there was a comment that was made that, you know, even though we're here now and we've been where we were, that doesn't mean that troubles aren't going to still come n- later, like next in the future. It's, it's you're not right ever clear of bad things happening or of unfortunate events and circumstances from from making their way into your sphere. So being in a place where you can recognize how great you have it and and how well things are is is wonderful. But also knowing that you can persevere regardless of what comes and being armed and equipped with the tools to deal with that, I think is exactly it's crucial.
1: Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's, it's knowing that I've made it through this and you're right, recognizing that, you know, unfortunately, I always say, you know, life does what life does. And so as you mentioned, those challenges are going to come. But the, the beauty of it is that knowing that you've made it through whatever all of all of the difficulty was in the past, you do now have the tools so that when that next challenge arises, it's not as difficult to navigate because you now know what to do. And more importantly, you, now, you understand yourself better and you even understand how you respond to those things. And so it, it's, there's always a learning curve and a learning experience to it all. I agree.
0: I agree, and I think for a lot of the folks listening, being able to have those tools so that when you because I'm proactive, I think a lot of us are, mm-hmm. are trying to be proactive or at least you know aspire to be more proactive. But we want to be able to 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 handle things well. And we've I hope you feel the same, but a lot of us feel that going to therapy has become way more mainstream. We have all these different resources and you know apps and websites and companies mm-hmm. that are trying to make therapy more accessible. So we have that, which is which is cool, but also mm-hmm. having other things as well. So when you talk about and this is really important, when you talk about being a person, showing up in your business, showing up in your personal lives and your relationships and stuff like that and you're dealing with trauma, how do you wh- what are some of the things that you tell people to kind of lean into first?
1: You know, one of the things that I tell folks, particularly when we're talking about trauma, is I start with this idea of you know how to do hard. And it's this idea of believing in yourself, because oftentimes what trauma tends to teach us that there's a lot of fear, there's a lot of doubt, there's a lot of shame, all of these things that come out of trauma. And oftentimes we have, you'll hear people say, or we say to ourselves, I can't do X, Y, and Z because it's too hard, or I can't do this because it's so hard. And what I tell folks is when you look back at what you have lived through and what you have experienced, you can do hard the reality is yes you can do hard it's just a matter of retooling yourself to do this particular hard because when you look at come however you made it through the trauma whether there were positive coping skills negative coping skills whatever that may be the reality is you made it through it so you can do hard and that feeds that idea of believing in yourself and so when you're talking about trying to do that and building a business and being an entrepreneur and all that all of those the things that that entails, using that same idea of, I can do this. I just have to learn the tools now to apply in this particular arena and believe that I can do this because I got through that, whatever the that was in your life. And so I, I typically start there and just getting people to believe in themselves enough to say, yes, this there this is going to be a challenge, but it's not too hard for me because I know how to do hard.
0: One thousand percent, one thousand percent. And not only do I know how to do it, but I have I have support and I'm not alone. And you know, Bingo. I don't have to do you know what I mean. Like the thoughts that we tend to to think as and and the spiral we go down when things happen. So exactly. I'm glad exactly. Yeah, I'm glad that you mentioned that. And when you and we're going to talk about the Sister Speak Up project here shortly. um, But I I did want to talk about some of the resources you have in your bio, too. So you have your ebook, you have and I can pull up the rest of it. But tell us about what you offer folks when it comes to like resources and tools. And you know what I mean? Like also go to.
1: Yeah, so so a couple of different things. So I, I a book that I published uh, a few years ago, uh, "God Help Me, I'm Grieving: Finding Healing After Loss," is a really Easy read, I say, it was a book that I wrote to help people understand grief and give them permission to grieve the way that they needed to. Uh, because oftentimes what we find particularly with grief is that, because the reality is no one likes to hurt and none of us really like to see people hurt, people that we love and care about, and even people that we may not know that, that deeply. And so oftentimes we will hear from folks while, while we're grieving, we will hear from other people, things that really don't make a lot of sense. <laughs> like don't cry, you know, are the pat answers that we hear when someone passes away, because they're trying to make it better. But for us to move through, we have to understand that our grief is, I always say three things. Our grief is personal. Our grief is perfectly normal. Our grief is a process. So we have to give ourselves permission to move through that the way that we need to. So that's the point of that book, um, is really helping people understand grief, give them some tools and some tips to to know what to expect. I share a bit of my story in there on different levels of grief, different types of grief, because what we understand is that um, grief is about loss. It's not simply about death, but it's about loss in general. So that's one of the resources that I do have out there. I do have another ebook specific to uh, to trauma, and that is for survivors on that side of the house. And it's really just a, a, talks about self-care and how to take care of yourself. I talk about that a lot as well, and learning how to nurture yourself mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually. I call them all the lees. We want to make sure that we're paying attention to those and knowing how to do that for ourselves so that we can then teach other people in the people in our life, how to then come alongside and do that for us in times where we may not be as strong as we want or need to be. And then obviously, uh, the Sister Speak Up Society, and we can get into that a little bit later, but that's another membership community that I have, again, specific to adult survivors, Black adult survivors of childhood sexual abuse. That is a really, really cool group that gives women an opportunity to come together with other women who know and have experienced what they have in a way that other people don't in a safe space. And we do a lot of talking and training in there on things specific to abuse and trauma triggers and intimacy and uh, managing intimacy and all of those sorts of things
0: Wow that's amazing and just the fact that you've created a community I think is is brilliant and and helpful because we can you know there is power in working with somebody one-on-one and kind of going through things and having that um, having that, experience, right? It's a completely different yeah. type of experience.
1: Yeah. And then, no, it's there, there's something powerful in being able to to share what you have experienced in a way that is very different from having to explain your experience. So being able to simply share it for what it was with a group of people who, who know and get what you went through versus having to explain what you went through and, and why you may have responded a certain way to someone who, who hasn't had the experience that they don't know. So so that's really the point of the community is to build that community and a network of, of sisters to and the other pieces to get us to a point where we're okay with talking about and sharing those stories and and breaking the silence that that keeps women bound and in this space of feeling like I'm the only one or no one else understands, which again then feeds all of those other things that keep us from from really living the lives that we're supposed to live.
0: One thousand percent, yeah. And having the community, it it does make a difference. You know, even when you look at just breaking down entrepreneurship and and different areas and looking at, you know, people who are entrepreneurs and they have ADHD or they have autism or they have, you know, they have kids and they're, you know, juggling things differently than those without children, like being in your, your network around people who have similar experiences or similar setups as you. It is incredibly powerful. And I think it's not, I don't think it's talked about enough how important it is to be around folks. I think Women, you know, a lot of times we'll say, okay, well, you know, it is important for women to to stay together and stand together. Uh, black people are, are like, yeah, we got to stand together, and and mm-hmm. all of this. And then, you know, you'll have moms and and couples. Even we'll we'll try to be around other couples, and and we get that, right? It's, yeah. it's like attracts like, and we all have different facets, but there is a huge power to being around people who've got who've gone through the same thing as you and who get it in a different way than people from the outside just won't.
1: Exactly, totally agree, totally agree.
0: So how can people get, if they're interested or if they know someone who might be interested, how can they get involved in the Sister Speak Up group?
1: I, yeah, so they can go to uh, through, uh, the website is sisters with an S, speakup.org. Uh, and there's all the information on that page. Uh, there's a short video there that I do that talks about, uh, talks a little bit about my story, about the community and all of the information. There's a fr- frequently asked questions there. They can sign up right there on the page. Um, If there's questions that they have, there's an email. They can always email info at katherinebarner.org for more information. But really easy. Uh, We do a lot of work in our private uh, Facebook group is where a lot of our work is done. Uh, We also are planning some virtual meet and greets. We're looking to host an in-person conference next year, as long as the world continues to slow down and behave in covid acts like it's going to leave us alone. So um, we're really looking forward to that, excited about that, and just continuing to to build and connect. Uh, we're looking at expanding to some college campuses and so having kind of our, what we call our little sisters uh, society, our younger sisters on college campuses, because we know that those young ladies need support as well, and bringing them on as a part of the the membership as well. They can join now, but we also want to do something specific Uh, on their campuses to build uh, smaller communities for them as well
0: perfect perfect yes okay well you guys listening if you have anybody that you know that would seem like a good fit for this or might be interested or you know someone like absolutely share the information go over to the instagram link in bio it's it'll be in the show notes here Um, but also if you have your phone out and you're on instagram you can find katherine over at mrs mrs cats speaks or cat speaks. There's one, there's one S there, <laughs> right? Uh, but the, with the sisters speak, there's two. So you got to just just look in the show notes. You got to watch You
1: gotta watch your S's, you know? You got to you count do. your S's.
0: <laughs> you do, you do. But all the information is in the link in the bio. And I will link a lot of this stuff here. Um, Catherine's main website, which is Catherine Barner. Catherine with a K, by the way, catherinebarner.org will also have links to these things as well as the sisters speak up. Dot, right? Is it dot .org for the other yeah, website? Dot .org, yeah. yeah. Dot .org, yeah. So, um, all that stuff is online. You can find it, share it. Um, I really encourage folks listening to the show to always be thinking about uh, forwarding things, sharing things, because even if it doesn't necessarily apply to you, you can. I, I guarantee you know someone right? Who either is that person or who knows someone who could benefit from it. And from the, you know, a lot of the resources that we share on the podcast from obviously dealing with trauma and grief all the way to fitness, you know, getting physically fit and doing healthcare routine or anything, right? Marketing services. We have so many different guests that come on and speak on an array of topics. So, you know, think about it Forward for that information over and just check out Catherine's websites. Hey, can we take a pause real quick? I just wanna let y'all know this is exclusive and time sensitive. If you're hearing this, there's a really good chance that either I have a spot open or I have a spot opening on my one-on-one program that I offer. So I only do four slots at a time because this is like the most intense, thorough, intimate way to work with me ever. This is my creme de la creme, like four bad bitches only. This is for solopreneurs, who have a nine to five, who work in corporate, who have some sort of job that they are doing and that they're doing really well, but who also have a side hustle or a business that they are running on the side and they want to build and streamline their goals towards. A lot of us have strategy. A lot of us have plans here and there, but most of us don't have accountability. A lot of us don't have a support system that's solid and the rest of us aren't organized and have strong boundaries, have routines, like all of that. So I'm going to help you get it all together. This is a three-month intensive one-on-one coaching program where you have full access to me via Voxer. We have seven seven one-on-one calls with each other throughout the three months. And you get routines, you get customized affirmations and audios and all kinds of things to help you succeed. So check out the link. It's in the show notes. It's also on my website, whitneydanielle.com. If you have questions, DM me, send me an audio note. Let me know if you know someone who needs to get their shit together in this manner, send me their information. I will totally hook you up for the referral. That's it. That's all I wanted to say. Let's get back to the episode. I wanted to get into a little bit about how, you know, we as entrepreneurs, we as business Mm -hmm. people can better deal with our grief from an everyday perspective. So what are some things that people can do on a day, like on a really small daily, Mm -hmm. you know, like a daily aspect, make things better for themselves?
1: One of the things I, I talk about is the first thing is, and it, it may sound really simple, but it's it's giving yourself some grace and giving yourself some space, and that simply means um, not pushing too far too fast. The reality is, it's going to take at least a year, quite honestly, for you to figure out what the heck just happened in your life. I talk about it in in terms of if, if you were to lose a limb, an arm, a leg, unfortunately, it's going to take some time for you to process what has happened. And so you have to now learn how to navigate life without that part of your body. And so the same is true when we talk about grief and loss, particularly when we're talking about death. And so starting with giving yourself the grace and the space and the time to move through that. And so what does that look like? It means not saying after two or three weeks that, you know, I shouldn't be crying. It means when Mother's Day or Father's Day or a birthday or a holiday rolls around, it means allowing yourself to feel whatever emotions you're feeling and that be okay. It means not doing some things that, perhaps you did previously, not feeling the pressure to attend events that maybe you just don't have the physical and emotional energy to attend right now, and that being okay. So a lot of what I talk to folks about, particularly in the beginning stages, is just give yourself grace and space to breathe. And whatever that looks like is absolutely okay. There, there are no rules there's no right there's no wrong it's about what do you need in any given moment to move through so that that's always a starting point for me giving yourself that grace
0: and and yes and I'm also curious for, the folks who struggle with this, because I feel like (laughs) people, people don't give themselves grace on a regular day, grief excluded, right? Just on a regular Tuesday, everything is seemingly fine. They don't give themselves grace to, you know, be hungry or to be tired or to take space even in between meetings. A lot of us are on this perpetual, what is it? Those speed trains that are just like bulldozing through, you know, right, super, right. Fat, you know what I mean? Like we're on those types of trains when we're, especially when we're in go mode, launch mode, creation mode, whatever mm-hmm. mode. Um, so what do you say to them? Because it can be hard. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. Uh, and, and I'm talking to myself now, because what I say is that you have understanding that in order to do what, whatever the, the next thing is, be it, you know, launching the program, you know, having the conference, making the call, booking the next guest, understanding that any of those things that you're that you're trying to do, in order to do them well, and in order to do them in an excellent way, you have to give your brain, your body, and your heart time to heal. Now, can you push through and do that? Sure, you can. But the, the reality is, are you Are you going to be fully present for all of those things? Or are you only going to be able to give a little bit of you because you are so emotionally drained? So you're doing the thing, but are you doing that thing in excellence? And that's ultimately what we want, particularly when we're serving people. And that's what entrepreneurship is about. On some level, you're serving other people. And so I I try to get folks to understand that in order to get to where you really wanna be, we have to stop. We have to slow down and take care of our bodies and our hearts so that we can be fully present for that thing that we're really trying to do. I talk about it a lot, particularly with women, and who are constantly going and going and going and giving, but recognizing that if I'm operating on an empty tank, I honestly don't have very much to give you. I can't give you my best. I'm only giving you a little the little drops of me that I have left versus if I take the time to step back and exercise. I'm not talking about running a marathon. I'm talking about maybe it just means I need to walk around my neighborhood like in the morning. Maybe I just need to park my car further away just to get my body moving. If I'm taking care of me and I'm feeling better obviously now I have more to give you. So the same thing applies when we're talking about our businesses and all of the things that we're trying to accomplish, slowing down. And it's really just a shift in mindset in recognizing that in order for me to take care of anything and anyone else, I've got to take care of me first.
0: Agreed. And I think the art of slowing down is part of that. For me, um, mm-hmm. it's just... You know, like I said about being on that speed train, it's like you've got to be able to slow down and check in with yourself. And I think that has been probably one of the biggest things that have helped me just on an everyday, like a regular Tuesday, regular day of the week, like being able to slow down. And and I'm talking slow down in several different ways, like slowing down in my speech. Sometimes when I'm in meetings, slowing down with maybe how much caffeine and coffee and espresso I'm drinking, slowing down with, you know what I mean? Just a lot when I'm eating, slowing down when I'm eating and, and actually chewing my food and enjoying it. There are several ways to slow down, but when you do slow down, I think that's when you get those Voices in your head to say things like, "This is what I need. This is what would feel better mm-hmm. in this moment. This is this is where you know my heart is at. This is where my mind truly is." Um, and and you get those notices from yourself. So I, I definitely agree that making making this space, creating the space, and also because I think as entrepreneurs we don't we don't really see the space to begin with. So you like you exactly. literally have to create it. You're, you're going to have to make the time. Um, and that's the thing too. You know, people make time for what they want to make time for. I don't care right. what kind of launch you're doing, what kind of entrepreneur, how successful you are, what your net worth is. If you want to do something, most people in my phone, when they really want to do something, they make it happen. And so right. you can make space for yourself. You can create time for your space, yourself if you so choose to, right? You just have to make that choice. And sometimes that choice is going to ruffle some feathers. It will potentially disappoint someone. It will, you know, maybe push your your Dubai date. It will, you know, mean that someone has to make some changes to accommodate you, like whatever. But at the end of the day and at the beginning of the day, like your sanity and your well-being matters, right? More than someone, you know, being upset that, you know, a launch date had to be, you know what I mean? These are things that when you really look at it in perspective, it it makes a difference. I saw a tweet like three days ago and it was like the guy had mentioned that he was really excited to have the girlfriend that he had because she checked him when he got angry one day and Mm. said, are you going to be angry about this in five years? And he said, wow, because, I guess the other women he had dated would have just been mad with him or would have, you know, gone along with it versus right. asking him that question, like from the outside looking in, are you going to be angry about this particular thing in five years? And he was just, you know, taken aback by that. So we really do have to zoom out a bit and slow down a bit. And I think that makes a lot of difference.
1: Yeah. And, and I love that because it, just that example you gave speaks to something that I talk about a lot. And it's who who's in your circle? who are the people that you have in your circle that are that's going to be that person to check you and say look you need to sit down somewhere <laughs> you need to breathe or again that question are you really is this really going to matter like in 5 years is this really going to matter quite frankly in 5 minutes like honestly or is this something that that I'm really making a bigger deal about and so looking at your circle your circle of support and being able to identify who's in that circle and who's best to help you in any given situation and knowing how to call on those people for specific incidences that you may be going through or specific struggles that you may be having. And the other thing that, that I talk about, too, is literally, and you talked about this, you know, you were talking about just slowing down, just the idea of breathing, like literally sitting down and paying attention to your breathing. Obviously, we're breathing because we're still alive, but taking a deep breath in, you know, five or six deep breaths really does settle you, particularly in moments of high stress, so that you can think clearly just to get to the next moment. But so oftentimes, we are so busy running and moving. We take these deep, shallow breaths and we're constantly in, in stress mode that we don't realize what that then does to to our bodies as we're trying to make really difficult decisions or just trying to make any decisions about uh, about our businesses and the work that we do. So paying attention to that, having knowing who's in your circle, having an amazing support circle, being able to screen the people in your circle for specific and again struggles that you may be having. I talk a lot about screening your support system. Some folks you have to screen out for a particular time and some folks you need to screen in, bring them a little bit closer because they are the ones that are going to say to you, "Look, you need to check yourself right now." And sometimes we need to hear that.
0: 1000%, sometimes we absolutely need to hear that. And that's where, you know, <laughs> I have I have Put so much time and attention in trying to encourage people to have really strong networks. Um, we had yep. a guest January, February, earlier this year, I want to say it was Q1, Deanna West, Deanna Jean. She was on the show and she talked about her cancer diagnosis and how mm. her network rallied for her in ways that essentially helped to save her life. And that to me, it, and she talked about the power of having that social circle, that strong network of people who are going to rally with you and for you. Yeah. And, you know, when you are dealing with grief and you're in a position where, you know, you're just so sad you can't do the things that you are usually used to doing, that's also when it comes into effect having that support system, those people around you that are going to say, look, you know, and that's why when you have, you know, when people pass away or when things happen, people will often and I think this is so sweet when they offer to bring you food. Because a lot of yeah. times you just aren't even thinking about eating. You're just you're too in shock. You're too sorrowful. You're just too sad. Like you just exactly. I can't eat when I'm feeling emotions, even if right. they're happy emotions. I was at a car show the other morning and I was so excited because <laughs> I hadn't been to a car meet in in years like this. And I I got a breakfast burrito because it's like seven AM and I couldn't eat it. And I told my sister, I'm like, I cannot eat this right now. I'm just Too excited. So for me, and I've realized that when my body is feeling things, it's great to just take a step back from eating until I can Mm -hmm. calm down because they've done studies and there's a whole like science behind like eating when your body is like in stress, like eating when you're driving, eating in front of the TV, eating when you're upset. Um, like I also don't eat like when I'm watching like Grey's Anatomy or shows where there's you know <laughs> trauma you know happening. Right. I don't want to eat when I'm watching even that kind of thing. Even though it's like it's fictional, it's a TV show. I can't watch that and eat at the same time. And it's just it's really powerful to pay attention to. But when you have a social network who rallies for you and make sure that you at least have options for eating, even though you're not hungry or you're not thinking about it, people who look out for you, who will call to check in, these things. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about how we as busy people can support Mm -hmm. those in our social circles better who are dealing with grief or trauma in this moment.
1: Excellent question. And it, it is so important to... Have when you see someone, part of it starts with what would you like for someone to do with you? I often start there because a lot of times people do feel stuck and they say, well, I, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to help. But part of it is thinking about what would I want someone to do for me if I were hurting in this way, if I were struggling in this way? That's a good place to start. But it does begin with just the necessities of, you know, we're talking basics. You just mentioned, you know, food, clothing, shelter. The, just just the, the basic stuff. Doing things like, does the garbage need to be taken out? Like, do, do, when, when's garbage day? If you have a friend who's, I'll say, whose husband passed away, and, and he was, in, you know, it was his thing to take the garbage can to the curb. Like, just very practical life things. Because when we're talking about grief and death in particular, the world keeps turning as much as you, as the one who's experienced a loss, as much as you want the world to stop and let you climb off for a minute until you can get your bearings, that's unfortunately not what happens. The world keeps turning. The phone keeps ringing. Bills still need to be paid. Children still need to be taken to school, to soccer practice, basketball practice, gymnastics, all the things. The garbage still needs to be taken out. The car still needs to be serviced. Something's going to break down. And so it's as the, the, the helper, as the friend, as a support, as the network who's coming alongside, it's being able to stand back and see those things and then respond. So it's it's asking those questions, okay, hey, who needs to get to soccer practice this week? Who, who has a, a program coming up at school next week? Does somebody have a parent-teacher meeting? Do I need to call the school for you and reschedule that? Do you have a meeting at work that I need to email your boss and say, hey, that's not going to work? It's taking things off of the plate for that individual that right now they simply cannot handle and giving them the extra space to do the things so to take care of themselves in that moment. And then you do those practical everyday things that they'll get back to eventually. Um, But those are some just some ideas that I give folks. It's it's looking at and answering the question. What would I want someone to do for me? And then the other thing is simply the ministry of presence, literally just being there and many times not saying anything at all. It's being there with a box of tissue and crying with someone or holding their hand or letting them lay their head on your shoulder or allowing them to go and take a nap, those kinds of things. That need to happen oftentimes for folks when they're dealing with grief and or trauma.
0: Wow, so many, so many great things uh, to think about, and I, I love the idea of what would you want someone to do for you because I think that's a mm-hmm. great place to start. Because what you may want may not be what someone else wants, but it does mm-hmm. show that you've stopped for a second and you've considered multiple layers of a situation, right? You've considered things, you've thought about it beyond just the event itself, right? Beyond just the passing of the person, you've actually sat with it. And it gives you a place to start, gives you options. It gives you ideas. Sometimes when people are in shock or they're dealing with trauma in the moment, like they're not thinking about the trash can. They're not thinking Mm -mm. about the meetings. They're not thinking about food. They're not thinking about all of the things, right? They're literally just dealing with what's at hand and and that's it. And that's all they've got. And so being able to ask yourself that question, I think is is a great, great starting point. And I also think, and I was going to say interweaving this into the conversation for business professionals, we are busy and sometimes it can be challenging to show up for someone, even if it's just doing the actions, right? Just sending something or buying something or taking care mm-hmm. of something. Sometimes we're just so busy. How do we slow down what we've got going on or pause it or, you know, look away from it so we can actually fully hold space. And I think a lot of times people run from that and because they just don't have the bandwidth and they don't want to give a half version of themselves. And so yeah. then the people going through the trauma are, are just surrounded by people or have a lot of people around them who are just trying to check in. They're just checking in. They're not really doing much besides, are you, you know, just checking in, just checking in. And of course, that person's right. <laughs> typically gonna be like, oh, no, you yeah, know, I'm fine, or, you know, I'll get back to you soon, or everything's okay, or whatever. And then that's it. But being able to slow down what we have going on, what do you suggest for that? Or what are some good pro tips as the person who is busy and pretty booked to be able to truly hold space for someone in their time of need?
1: Yeah, I I say, you know, for those of us who who really are very busy, I know that the vast majority of us live by our calendars. And so literally blocking out the time on your calendar and saying versus saying, oh, I'm going to stop by this evening when I leave the office literally putting it on the calendar that that's what I'm going to do this evening when I leave the office. Because so many of us, if it's not in our calendar, if it's not in our phone, it doesn't exist in our world. And so sometimes we need that that tangible reminder, oh, okay, my, my six o'clock appointment this evening is to stop by Whitney's house and, and check in with her versus, oh, I'm going to trust myself to remember to call her on the way home. So, or maybe it's putting literally putting on the calendar on a Saturday, every other Saturday at ten o'clock, I'm gonna go by Whitney's house and and see what she needs me to do. Or maybe it's every Tuesday, at four o'clock, I'm gonna set a reminder that says order groceries for Whitney for the next four weeks. So it's it's being intentional about thinking through what to do and then literally putting it on the calendar. Because if we don't, it, it's, not, it's very easy for it to fall by the wayside. But those of us who, who are we call ourselves high achieving folks and are really busy and constantly moving, to your point earlier, if we have it there in front of us, we're much more likely to do it and respond to it and even get into the habit then, if we're talking about over a period of time that we're walking with someone through a difficult season. If I know that, okay, every other week at, at four o'clock, this, is, this reminder is gonna pop up on my calendar, this is what I'm gonna do. So that's some of the suggestions I give, just very, just practical, tangible things, not making it you know anything too big and a major ordeal, but, I, label, I have a, a six o'clock appointment on my calendar. This is what I do.
0: Brilliant. Brilliant. That's exactly what I was looking for. And I think that, well, people can take that little nugget and put it in the back of their head for when something does happen, right? Now you guys know, okay, if something were to happen to somebody that I care about, that I love, that's in my phone, that I just want to make sure I'm there for, First of all, I'm gonna have a bank of things that like I really truly like. And maybe you're you're like me, you're gonna make a list. Maybe make a list, right? I got my index cards here. You can pull up a word doc or whatever, but make a list of things that you would want in the event that something were to happen to you. Something really, really intense, some traumatic event, a grief. We're all dealing with stuff, but what would you like? What do you like? And just make a list. And then when you have that. I absolutely would say to put it in your calendar, right? Figure out how you can plug in the time and how to make space. And one of the things I do with with my clients is, is really around like time management and being able to, to do a time audit. And when you yes. really do that that exercise and you start to see where, you know, your, your time sucks are, like where you end up spending too much time doing things you probably don't need to do or that could wait <laughs> right. or that you could batch, you know what I mean? You realize that you can minimize things down. Um, and, and I think years ago, a lot of us read that book, The 4-Hour Work Week, and it mm-hmm. talks about how to condense things. And then I learned about batching. And we've done things where we're, we truly, I think as a people, are trying to automate our lives more and make things easier. So think about that, right? Because most of us want to show up fully for people that we care about. And because of that, we have to have the time, right? We can't yeah. body double, we can't like duplicate ourselves and send our other version of, you know, the other Whitney to someone's house to hold it. Like we can't, unfortunately we're not there yet with technology. Like you really do have to do it yourself and it's better from you anyway. So I definitely think that's a great tip and it's super helpful for folks, for those who are dealing with the grief and the trauma of others that maybe they do not know. So for mm. folks that you know are seeing all the shootings happening who are seeing all the things in the news who are watching people struggle from yeah. you know getting baby formula to, to being able to provide and support their family there's a lot of grief and trauma happening all around this to strangers even with covid how mm-hmm. do you tell people or how do you help people or guide people through dealing with the like energetic surroundings of trauma and grief
1: yeah, that's a, that's a great question because you're right. All of us are dealing with, I, I think on some, some level, you know, we, we call it secondary trauma. And what I advise folks to do is to give yourself a time out from that and, and understand that there are so many things outside of us that we, we just can't control. And while it is it is hard and it's difficult and it's gut-wrenching at times to to watch it, we also have to recognize that we can't control a lot of, of the big that's happening out there. But what we can control is, is what we're talking about right now. It's the person that, that we know personally, the person that we really can touch, we can control that. And so being able to deal with that secondary trauma really starts with, I tell folks, limit the social media stop scrolling stop watching the news because understand that after one or two days it's just a continual news cycle of the same thing there's there's little new information but staying in that only unfortunately serves to feed those feelings those negative feelings that we're having so turning the TV off you know monitoring what we're watching monitoring what we're listening to not engaging, you know, in in our unnecessary arguments and conversations on social media with people that we literally don't know. Um, those kinds of things. Not not inserting ourselves in those environments where there is no outcome that is going to be positive for us. But switching our our thought process and even our emotional and our heart focus to those things and those people that are close to us that we can control. Uh, But that's a great question because there is so much unfortunately happening in, in our world, you know, in our society, in our communities that really, that make us feel like I I just, it's too much. I don't, I want to touch, I want to help, but I, I literally can't do it all. And that can feel very paralyzing, but again, shifting to, Let me focus on the part of my world that I can control and where I can help uh, and then limiting my exposure to the to those things that I I just don't have very much control over.
0: Hmm. And I like that you specified. Focusing on things that you can control Mm -hmm. um, and and where you can help, right, where you can be of service, because I think for me, what I've done is I just avoid I just avoid <laughs> sometimes, sometimes I'll peek my head over the fence and I'm like, yeah, what's going on yeah. over there? What are the stats today? What's, what's this, what's that? And, you know, I may see something on Twitter, whatever, and then I'll poke my head back down or right? I kind of like an ostrich. I think that's what ostriches right. do. <laughs> it's ostriches or is it meerkats? It doesn't yeah. matter, but you know what? You, you, you get the visual and that's yeah, how I've yeah. been treating it, right? Because it's just too much. And so I just like bury my head underneath it and, and, and just wait, you know, wait until either I need to really peer out, right? Because people are right outside, you know, saying, look, there's something happening and you need to be mm-hmm. aware. But mm-hmm. I think instead of hiding or avoiding, I think it is really powerful to show up and support in ways that you can. And maybe that's not donating financially to an organization. Maybe it is. Maybe it's, you know, volunteering and and doing. I volunteered uh, this weekend at a pride event locally and it Mm -hmm. was so much fun and it felt really good to be an ally, to be there and to like show up and for a group of people and and just do something different, right? I could have just gotten drunk on a brunch patio somewhere (laughs) with my friends, like a typical (laughs) set. You know what I mean? But like I chose to- you know what I mean? Be of service. And that's, yeah. that's a good feeling. And I think people forget how good it feels to give back and to be in support of, and You're again, absolutely right. showing up like, and, and I think there was a quote and I, I can't remember where the quote came from. I saw it recently where it talked about like the, the feelings of giving back end up feeling a lot better than like the recipient or something like that. Like, like giving back and being grateful. It really truly is one of the best feelings and it can it can stay with you for a long time and i yeah. think it can feed you for a long time so taking it and putting a positive spin on it and again I get we're all busy. This can literally mean anything from sharing content to showing up for someone in your social circle who's dealing with whatever it is that you're, you know, like people who, like my sister is a teacher, reaching out to her, checking Mm -hmm. in on her, other teachers in my lives, people with children, checking in with them, you know, who are nervous about sending their kids to school. You can tap into different layers of this secondary trauma, I think, in ways that Make time for your calendar, make time for your own emotions and your own energy, especially as those of us who are empaths and who consider ourselves like highly sensitive people. Um, we can tap into this without letting it overwhelm us, I think. And there's there can be a healthy balance, right?
1: Yeah. And I think I think part of the time, some of the time sometimes we, what paralyzes us is we we look to do the big thing, you know, it, it has to be you know, like you said, I, I have to send money to this this faraway place or this large, you know, community. But you're right. There's there are folks right in our circle. You you know, you mentioned your sister and like you said, you know, all of us know someone who has a kid in school, be it a sister or a cousin, you know, a friend, a neighbor down the street. It may just be having a conversation with them. Maybe just just asking them, hey, how are you doing? similar to you. You know, I spent this past Saturday, every first Saturday of the month, church, we do a food giveaway. And like I said, it is always a thousand degrees in Texas. <laughs> so it is really hot when we're out there, but it is the most fun that that I have, uh, probably during each month, is getting to give food to people who literally... This is what they, they live for every month. And so, you know, being able to see them and, and just hear them say thank you, and they're so grateful and, and just be excited to be there for them and, and put a smile on their face and help them. Like you said, that it kind of just kind of washes all the other stuff away. And it is it is so much fun and, and it's so gratifying to do this. I, I wholeheartedly agree with you.
0: Yeah. Before the uh, the Pride event on Saturday, a bunch of my neighbors volunteered at a, a food kitchen. And they had like ninety three hundred pounds of food that were yeah. delivered, or ninety one hundred, something like that. It was almost ten thousand. I think ten thousand was one of the goals, but they they got to like nine something, and it was wow. really cool to see the before and after of like them having these empty, this empty wall of like it was like a know, like a bookshelf type thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like a like a pantry, like a pantry setup. It was empty, and then after all the donations and all the sorting and all the weighing they had this whole wall filled with things and it is really cool to see. And I was really proud of them for showing up and for donating their time and the difference that they made. And it was only maybe like five of them, six of them from the group, Mm. but um, they really made a difference. And I know they felt good, even though it was a lot of lifting and heavy things and it was warm out and there were gnats apparently like there was a lot going on, but it was a really gratifying experience. So I'm, I'm with you on this. I think people can get creative and a lot of times, too, when we have things that are going on, a lot of folks, if you follow certain people and organizations, right, that are near and dear to you or that you're just passionate about, they will post things that you can do to support. So just being privy to that, following folks on social media and making sure that you're tapping into these organizations and groups that are literally like their whole bread and butter is, is supporting and helping certain people groups and people yeah. and, you know what I mean, types of tragedies and whatnot. Um, it's important. Just like a lot of people love, you know, the Make-A-Wish Foundation mm-hmm. or St. Jude's. People know these names and they support these groups because it means something to them. And we all have Orpeda or ASPCA, yeah. whatever your whatever your thing is, nice. um, find it. And, and make sure you're tapping into these folks on social media because I think a lot of times they will post really great resources it's just, it's a really easy way to stay abreast of how you can, can make a difference. Um, Okay. I have a question for you and then we're going to wrap up, but the question that I had is if you could talk to the younger version of yourself about grief and trauma, Mm -hmm. what are some things that you would say that you think would really have stuck with you?
1: Wow. That's, that is an excellent question. Honestly, I, I think there's, there was only one thing that I'd probably say And that is, this is going to suck for a while, but you are going to get through it and you're going to be so much better on the other side. Mm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I completely feel that. I completely feel that. And I think when I think of that, I think of being in situations, I've, I've had this happen to me so many times, where all I can think about is not being in it anymore. Mm -hmm. and not feeling the feelings anymore, not being, being sad anymore. I remember when my dog died and I was like, just heartbroken. It was just a miserable experience. And, you know, I was just so sad and I'm trying, like, I remember being in my parents' house and I, I pulled up my yoga mat out, trying to calm myself down and just like, think about something else, do something else. It had been such a traumatic morning. And my dad came home and he had flowers and he was like, are you okay? Like what he's asking me the questions. And I'm like, I just don't want to be sad anymore. I just don't want to be sad anymore. And it was literally like the same day. And Mm -hmm. it's like, the feelings can be so overwhelming you. And then you want like that time, that date. And a lot of people, even in dating and relationships and things like that, it's like, well, when is the grief going to leave? When is it going to go? When am I going to be in a position where it's not, you know, encompassing my life and consuming me every day? And you can't really put a time step on that. So what do you say in response to that? about time and wanting it to be over faster?
1: Yeah, that, that's such a great question. I hear it all the time. And it's it's not a fun answer, it's not a popular answer, but what I say to folks is it takes as long as it takes. There is there is no, no set time. Your time will look different than someone else's. But I always end with, I promise you, your time will come. And I talk to folks a lot about literally taking it, you know, one day at a time, sometimes not even a day at a time, sometimes an hour at a time, like, you know, it's, let's say it's 3.09 p.m. I'm just going to get to 4.09 p.m. and then I'll, then I'll worry about getting to five because what that tends to do is take the pressure, some of the pressure off of feeling like I've got to, it's never going to end. Well, actually it will because it just ended that hour that you were waiting for that hour actually did end. So let's, let's shoot for another hour or another day. And that can be hard, particularly when when you're in the middle of it, but continuing to, to give people that hope. And then the other piece is going back to to kind of what I shared before, reminding people of where they've been, and reminding them of other situations and other difficult seasons that they've experienced that they didn't think would end, but it did and allowing that to be the hope that they're able to hold on to.
0: Mm-hmm. That was amazing. That was amazing. So good. So good. I hope everyone <laughs> listens all the way through to this episode, just so they can hear you say all of that. That was powerful. And I, I really hope that it resonates and it sticks with people because these are important things to remember. And if yeah. anybody you know, listening is, is going through something or you know, there is something pending that they know that they're going to be going through soon, like come back to this episode whenever you need it. If you know someone who's going through something, feel free to forward this and share this with them as a way to show that you care, you know, that you're here to support, that there are resources, all the things, because it can be helpful to to mm-hmm. know that one, someone's thinking about you, right? I think we all love to be To have someone send us something, say, hey, I thought of you. And they sent that, even if it's just a meme, you know, just to brighten your day. I do it all the time as a way. It's it's kind of like a a love language thing at this point where it's like, yeah, you were on my mind. I saw this. I know you love avocados. I have a friend who I hate avocados. And whenever I see avocado (laughs) things, I send them her (laughs) way. Like it's the simplest things. And when you know someone's going through something, it's even more important, I think, to to tap in and check in with them. So what a wonderful conversation. Okay. Is there anything? Thank
1: you. Thank you. This was so much fun.
0: Oh, I agree. I agree. It was fun. See, we said it was going to be, and it was. So is there anything else, anything we didn't talk about that I missed or, um, you're on LinkedIn, you're on Instagram, you're on clubhouse. All this will be in the show notes. You've got your different events going on. You've got your ebook. You've got your link in bio. What am I forgetting?
1: Uh, I th- that's everything. Uh, the website, the LinkedIn, yeah, the books, everything's on the website. Yeah, I think you hit it all.
0: Perfect. All right, y'all. Well, Catherine and I, we're going to go live on Instagram. You know the deal. You know the drill. We will be live on Instagram if you're listening to this, you know, right as the episode releases. You've got time to tap in with us, set your calendar. It'll most likely be Tuesday evening east coast time so check in with us i believe that's was it the 14th
1: or the 11th uh
0: 14th the 14th yeah so check in with us tuesday evening on my at whitney danielle co underscore instagram page check in with us we're going to go live any questions you have comments just suggestions whatever um please feel free to come by and say hello so you can see Catherine and i you know in our glory on instagram video (laughs) Um, and then, if you have any other questions, please feel free. Catherine and I our, our DMs are open. If you have any, you know, anything that you may want, any support you may need, uh, please feel free to reach out. Right, we don't bite; we're here to support. And um, if you have not yet left a review on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or even on Spotify, left a five star rating, please go ahead and do that. My goal is to get. I think I'm at like forty two something. Um, reviews on Apple podcast. My goal is to boost that. So like 50 in the next week or so, that would be really, really dope. And if you've already left a review, know that I appreciate you so much and it brings me so much joy whenever I go into the app and I look and I see that someone's left something and said something nice. So please do that. Come back next week for another full episode. And Catherine, thank you again for being here.
1: Thank you. This was, this was great. I really appreciate you.
0: Yes, I appreciate you. And all of my amazing listeners, we'll check you guys next time. Cheers.